I want to start off in our text that we started a couple weeks ago, and, and, uh, and that is in Joshua 24, 13 through 15. You can look on the screen. It says this, I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities for which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Verse 14, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, come on somebody, we will serve the Lord. And this scripture came up to me as I was preparing for the month of March and just wanting to give you what God has to say. I, I try not to just prepare sermons, but really the, uh, a now word from God for us. And so it's, in, it's important that we listen with a uh, uh, ear to hear. Amen. This is not just something that's good information, but I believe it's something that God is speaking to us as a house. And what he's wanting us to do is make a declaration that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as I told you last week, that has three connotations because there's three areas in the scriptures that are spoken of as being the house. Number one, our body is the house. It's a house for our spirit, which owns a soul and lives in a body. So our vessel here is simply a house. The body that you live in is not you. It is simply your earth suit so that you can function and, 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 and work in a natural environment, which is called the earth, okay? <clears throat> now, a second area that the scriptures speak of that is a house is uh, your family. As for me and my house, Joshua was declaring here, as for me and my wife and my kids, we are going to serve the Lord. And what he was saying there is, he, he said, there, what he's basically setting up there is that in my house, this is how it's gonna, we're going to live, Okay. Now, I know we live in a day where parents are afraid to make rules, okay? They, they just they let their kids come over and, and smoke weed in the backyard or, 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 you know, drink with their friends, and they say things, well, at least they're doing it here. But see, Joshua was saying, no, as for me in my house, what goes on in my house, these are the rules. We're going to have a house that serves God in it. Can I get an amen on that? I know it's not popular. I know it's not, you know, uh, things, you, you know, people are telling you out there. But this is what Joshua was saying, okay? And if you have some sense, this is what you'll say about your house, uh, men. We have to be the standard that we say, this is what I allow in my house and this is what I don't. And if it makes somebody unhappy, well, that's just the way it is. Amen? Yeah, yeah, you're going to make me preach to you today. Y'all are keeping your amens from me today. That's all right. But the third area is also in the scriptures that the Bible talks about as being the house is the church. It's the temple of God, the house of God. And so we're going to talk about those three areas. But we've been hitting a lot of areas, and I haven't been able to get uh, far from dealing with uh, the house that is that we dwell in. And last week, we started talking about the house that you dwell in, who you are, the, car, the, the, the three-pronged being that, Jesus, that God created you to be. As God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you and I are spirit, soul, and body, okay? And as I told you the last two weeks... <clears throat> Most people that don't know Jesus are simply body and their, and their soul, which is their mind, will, and emotions. They have no spirit man hasn't come alive yet. <clears throat> After the new birth, the Bible says when we're born again, 
what happens is the spirit man comes alive and it connects with God the Father again and it restores the way we were created in the Garden of Eden. And so now as Christians, we have a access to God the Father because the scriptures say God is spirit and those that will worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So when you became born again, you transferred into another realm of the spirit. You have legal access to the spirit. And we've been trying to get you to see that now that you are a born again uh, person, you have three prong, you have a three prongs to who you are and what you are. But the problem that we have right now is most Christians are still dominated by the carnal man, the flesh, the house. The house tells them what to do. Okay, they're still dominated by the flesh. On what does the flesh like to do? It likes to eat, it likes to sleep, it likes to have sex, and it likes to be entertained. And I just described some people's lives. I just described, you know, people, they work to just do those four things. And that's because you're dominated by a fleshly nature. But there's not only fleshly nature, there's another nature, which is the soul realm. And this is the realm where our mind, our will, and our emotions live, okay? Now, some people are dominated by their mind, their will, and their emotions. They can't move past anything if, well, I don't feel like doing it. Well, you know, you have to learn how to dominate that because there are going to be days that you don't feel like going to work, but you better get up and go to work. Can I get an amen on that? Or you won't have a job long. And there are literally people on welfare because they can't get themselves to continue consistently to go to work. And they get a job and they lose it because they can't get themselves out of bed without pressing the snooze button four or five times. And they're being late all the time. Can I get an amen on that? I know it's a hard word, but you got to get it. See, so some people are ruled by flesh and by soul. Okay. But there's that third realm, the spirit. And unfortunately, so many people, born-again Christians in this room right now, you have a spirit, but your spirit is very little. It's got a small voice. Your flesh shouts, your soul shouts, and your spirit says, hey, it's time to pray. And it's real easy to just be like, shut up. I'm not listening to that spirit. You know, I'm not listening to my spirit. Oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's not right. That's that, what would Jesus do? You know, and you just don't hear those th thoughts all day because it's small. The thoughts you're dominated by and the voices you're dominated by are your flesh and your soul. And so we've been talking about that. And last week we started talking about the three types of Christians. And we looked at Galatians 5, 16 through 21. Put that up there real quick. It says this. I say then walk in the spirit. And you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit. Listen to this and the spirit against the flesh. So what it means is if you're dominated by your house, you can't receive spiritual things. You can't receive them. It wars against them. OK, if you're somebody dominated by your flesh, everything you hear in church, you're going to be like, ah, I don't know about that. Ah, that seems boring. Ah, I don't really want to do that. Ah, why would I do? You know, all this stuff, you can't even feel it. You can't even receive it as long as you're in that mode. And the Bible says it's because they war against each other for the flesh, less against the spirit, spirit, less against the flesh. These are contrary to one another. Listen, so that you don't do the things you want to do. This is where so many of us at. We know we should do our devos. Yeah. You've been saved five years. 
You've been going to Elevate Life three years, and every chance I get, I'm talking Devo. Spend time with God. Spend time with God. You know you can't. You need to. You know you should. You know 20 minutes a day wouldn't kill you. You know it would actually give you life, but you can't do it. So now I just told you where you're at on this chart. Because we like to give ourselves points. Well, pastor, I'm of the spirit. I go to church every week. But are you in a place where you don't do what you, you want to do? We've got people that have been in church for 10 years. They still can't consistently tithe. They know they should. They know the promises that say if they do, God blesses. But they can't bring themselves to do it. This is why. You're still letting your house, your carnal nature, control the whole thing. And so it goes on to say here in verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident. They are idolatry, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that doesn't mean you won't go to heaven. What that means is you'll never see the kingdom manifested in your life. And what is the kingdom? The kingdom is God's way of doing things. It was when Jesus prayed, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a kingdom way. And people that do these things will never see that. And that is why in the church, much of Christians that go to church, their life is not much different than people that don't go to church. The divorce rate's almost the same. Where some of us are just as busted and broke as the heathen that don't go to church and that are smoking weed on Friday. Some of our lives are just as messed up as that. And we say, God, where are you? And God's sitting here going, I'm trying to get you to quit listening to your house and build up your spirit. Because Christianity, listen to this, works from the inside out. That means we are to live from our spirit out. And what I'm trying to do and tell you, why I'm spending so much time on this, is because I got to get you guys to shift your identity to being a spirit rather than a fleshly house. Because some of us, you think that the body you're in is you. It's not you. There is a spirit man on the inside of you that you've got to understand. That is who you are. And one day, this fleshly house, this body will die and your spirit will live on. And if you've received Jesus Christ, guess where you're going to go? You're going to go into his presence. But if you've been one that did not receive Jesus Christ, even though you'd been given opportunities, guess there's another place that you're going to go. And we don't like to talk about it nowadays because we don't like to offend people. But how messed up would it be if I knew you were going to step in a ditch and I didn't tell you, hey, hey, watch out because I didn't want to offend you? See, we, uh, we, we don't think about stuff like that. But without Christ, we don't make it into the presence of God. Because Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, pastor, but don't all roads lead to God? According to Jesus, who cannot lie, no. No. Yeah, but that's not fair to the Buddhists. Well, that's why we got to go tell them. Well, that's not fair to the Muslims because they think Muhammad. Well, that's why we have to tell them. Yeah, but the, who are we to say that we have the truth? That's why Jesus said they'll persecute us. That's a whole nother message right there. Amen. But, but you see, we've got to get this out there. We've got to speak about these things. And before you can do anything, guys, you need to understand that you're a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. 
Can I get an amen on that? Let's say that together. Repeat this after me. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. That's the order. Okay. So we can't let fleshly desires dominate us. And you that are trying to fight the flesh with the flesh, stop because you ain't going to win that battle. That's why uh, Paul says here, walk in the spirit. In other words, get in touch with your spirit, live out of your spirit, and you'll quit doing that stuff. You'll stop getting drunk. You'll stop the smoking of the weed. You'll stop hanging out with losers. You'll stop all that stuff. You'll stop the lewd living and all that stuff that we talked about last week, okay? So this is, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about worldly people. We already know where they're at. But these are people in the church. They're carnal, okay? They're carnal people. They live according to their eyes. This is why singles, you need to come to the awakening. Because some of you guys, you're living out of your house, and so when you, you say, I want to get married, all you're looking at is someone's house. You don't know a witch lives in that house. Amen? Amen. See, but, but, but we laugh, but half of you singles, that's how you're trying to find a wife. That's how you're trying to find a wife. Oh, you know, you get on, you get on your little website and you're looking at pictures. You're looking at pictures. And you're going, ooh, ah, whoa. But you don't know what's in the house. You don't know who lives in that house. The house looked good. I ain't going to lie to you. It looks good. It looks taken care of. Been weeding it. Been painting it. But I have seen many a good Christian men, many a good Christian men, end up marrying somebody for the house. Six months in there, they're pulling their hair out and going, Lord, did I, Lord what did I do? I've seen many a good Christian woman just like, man, loves the Lord, have it all together, all together, just loving God. Hey, pastor, I want you to meet my boyfriend, and he comes in, and he's got a nice house too. Nice teeth, come on. Nice hair, been in the gym, and on top of having a nice house, he got a nice car. And yeah, yeah, but you don't know what's in the house. In the house, he's full of fornication. He got a porn problem. But, but see, we don't care about that. We, oh, she's so fine. He's so fine. That's because you live in this carnal realm. Amen? You got you to gotta live out of your spirit, okay? You got to live out of your spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. You still want to marry somebody with a good house. Come on, somebody, Amen? <laughs> You, you ain't going to marry the Adams family house right over here. You don't want that either. Ain't nobody been trimming that lawn or nothing, you know. You, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But, but you got you to get the right perspective. Amen? Amen? See, I know you guys look at me. It's all easy for you to say, Pastor, you got a beautiful wife. I do, but that's not why I married her. I didn't marry her because she was fine. And she'll tell you this. Oh, man, I did, I was a, I did, my, you know, I did my homework. I did my homework. When, when, when I met Tina, yeah, her, her, her house was like, whoa, I wanted, it got my attention, put that way. <laughs> wow. It's a nice house. <laughs> but then, but then I had to go in and find out what, what's going, who lives here? Who lives in this house? You know, what kind of, what kind of person is this person? And, 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 and I had to find out what she was about, you know, and I had to, I had to find out you know, what was the important thing. So I did things, and she'll tell you this. Uh, you know, I did things. I remember this one time we were sitting in church together. We maybe were dating two weeks or so. 
And she got up to go to the restroom. She left her Bible there. So I remember I, she looked around, you know, picked up her Bible, and I looked through it. And you know what I was looking for? I wanted to see if it was marked up. I wanted to see if what scriptures were highlighted. I wanted to see if there were certain books that were stuck together. Come on, somebody. And you laugh, and she'll tell I did this. She busted me, too. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I just, you know. <laughs> I was just looking at your Bible. It's a neat Bible. <laughs> I see what translation it was. But I did, I did things like that. You want to know why? Because it mattered to me where the spirit was. So I asked things like this. So who's your pastor? What church did you go to before you came here? See, some people date, you, you don't even ask those questions. You, we, we say things like this. Well, he's a Christian. Charles Manson was a Christian, amen. <laughs> Said he was anyway. Amen? Well, let me keep going here. All right, I, I'm getting sidetracked. So we talked about all these things last week, carnal Christians. And guys, we don't want to build a church of carnality. Amen? We don't want, now I want to say this, that the flesh is not evil. Amen. It's not. I know there's a lot of pastors and churches. They just speak against the flesh. Oh, that's the flesh. And they, they don't have any fun because everything's the flesh. You know, you, you, you know, you, you guys that watch football on Sundays, you're in the flesh. Well, not all flesh is evil. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Yeah. We're not that church either that just is all oh, spirit, you know, overly saved. Everything's got to be Jesus, you know. You, everything's just got to be like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Holy Ghost, you know. And you can't watch a football game. Come on. You can't, you, you can't take your wife out and put some oldies on. Come on, somebody. You, 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 can't, you can't slow dance with your wife because, you know, all that. That's not us. But what we don't want to be is overly carnal. Where everything we got to do, we got to please your flesh. Amen? Uh, and, and this is a side note. I saw uh, one of my friend of mine, their church, uh, and he was a pastor there. They were providing uh, donuts this morning for everybody to, to give them an incentive to get out of bed earlier since they're losing that hour to come to church. <laughs> Some of you are like, we should have did that, pastor. <laughs> but see... You know, and I, I'm good, and maybe someday we will, but you know what went through my mind? All the Christian people getting excited. When it ain't for you, it's for the carnal people out there. So let's, let's have donuts for them out there, not for y'all. Y'all just need to come to church because you know it's the right thing. Can I get an amen? amen. You, see, you see what I'm saying? So, so, you know, that's good, but if we stay, and we got to always feed you to get you to come to church. We got to get you a donut. We got to give you prizes, you know, then that's not good. We will do those things and we will, but y'all need to know it ain't for you. It's for your friends that you bring. Amen. And if you bring a friend, have a donut. Come on, somebody. But you don't bring nobody. You better not go over there by them donuts. Side note. Okay. So there's carnal Christians. We talked about that. Here I want to get into today and finish up here is the second classification of Christians that we need to be aware of is the soulish Christian. Okay? The soulish Christian. And unfortunately, in my travels, and I, I've been to many places all across America and the world and things, and what I see that I believe is plaguing the American church is the soulish Christian. It's Christians that are controlled by their mind, their will and their emotions, and they're not led by the spirit. 
But because the soul is something unseen and it's close to our spirit, they mistake the soul for being spirit when it's not. And I'm going to show you that in just a little bit here. So uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, 18 through 20, I want to read this to you here. It says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. Verse 20, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and they are futile. So what 1 Corinthians 3 is telling us here is that our thoughts, if we live by our thoughts, we're going to miss God because God's ways are not our ways. And so every Christian that's got to figure things out and make it fit, you're going to miss God in a lot of areas because we are not called to live by our brain. We are not called to live by what makes sense to us. We are called to live by the spirit. I'm going to show you how in the next section here. But first, I got to show you this. We can't you can't live a life where your computer, your your mind is the king because your mind cannot grasp the things of the of, of the spirit. Your mind will always talk you out of obeying God. I want you to write that down. Your mind, if you leave your mind to itself, it'll talk you out of obeying God. We deal with this every year when it's time for missions. I said, man, you need to pray about going on a missions trip. And there's so many people when the initial announcement goes out, they say yes, and we put a sign-up sheet out. And we'll have, you know, 40 people sign up and maybe only 20 go. And many times it's because circumstances that do happen, yes, limit. But many times it's because some people, they, they respond out of their spirit, but they revert back to where they live in their brain. And their brain tells them, you don't have the money to go. You can't do this. You shouldn't be going there. That's for somebody else, blah, blah, blah. And then they pull back and miss what the spirit was having them do. See, and this is why you can't live in the soul realm. Holy, you know, you've got to live out of your spirit. Your soul is there to help you accomplish the will of the spirit. You see, put it to you like this. I say this a lot. Your soul is like your computer of the house. Okay, nothing's happening unless the computer is telling it to go. Our body moves based on what the computer, the mind tells it to do. So if the mind is the computer, you've got to put the right downloads in the computer so that you can get a good life like you want to have. Can I get an amen on that? So if your computer is filled with depression, you can't do it. You'll never do it. Woes me, you know, all this kind of stuff. Guess what is going to happen in the body? Not a lot. If your computer has downloads of negativity, you know, all this, you know, you can't do it. You won't be able to do that. Again, guess what? What's going to happen in your life is usually a product of what's going on in your computer, your mind. If you're not producing, if you're not being productive in your life, it's because you don't have the right downloads in your mind. And so we've got to learn to take hold of that mind, the will, and the emotions through the power of the spirit so we can get our flesh to do the right things. Can I get, are you tracking with me? So Paul is saying here in Corinthians that you can't be limited. Don't let your mind take control of this thing. Because although the mind is good, we need it, it cannot be king. Because there will be things that God tells you to do that don't make sense to the mind. And the mind will many, many times talk you out of what you need to be doing for God. 
And that's why the scriptures say things like this. Paul tells us it is foolishness to man that God has chosen preaching to transform our lives. See, the carnal mind doesn't get why we need to be in church and hear preaching. But the Bible says that it's through preaching that God has chosen to communicate truth or like I like to say, download into our computer. But the carnal mind can't see that. What is going to church going to do for me? What is giving going to do for me? What is serving going to do for me? It don't make no sense to the carnal mind. But the spirit is saying, yes, this is going to help you. Yes, this is the ways of the kingdom. Yes, but remember, your spirit is this big. It ain't got no influence over anything yet. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But if you're dominated by your soul, your, your mind, your will and emotions, you're not going to get a lot. Of, you're not going to get far. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.25. It says this, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. The weakness of God is stronger than human strength. What is it saying there? It's saying you can't live by your soul because your soul is so limited. How do we seek to understand? There's some people that they, they want to understand everything. And I'm just telling you, you can't. Some things, people, we take by faith. We take by faith. And you know what? We'll get to watch the DVDs in heaven someday. Well, how about this? Why is this? Why does God, you know, why is there still sickness in the earth? If, why doesn't God heal everybody? I don't know. I don't know the answers to those things. But because my human, I'm not led by my human wisdom, I'm not affected by that. Well, you say, well, don't you want to know? I do want to know. And what I get is I, I choose to live by the truth of the scriptures rather than the facts of the world. Amen. See, the facts tell me that not everybody gets healed. The scriptures tell me that by his stripes, we were all healed. So I'm going to keep believing God that when I pray for people, they're going to get healed, even if some of them die. Even if some of them don't get that's not going to I'm not going to base my life off of experience. I'm going to base it off of truth. See, that's the difference in choosing to live by the spirit than by the mind, because the mind will go. Well, why? That doesn't make any sense. Blah, 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 blah. See, and most Christians listen to me live there. Most teaching in America is aimed at the soul. And that's not all bad. We need it. This, the soul is not an evil thing. But it cannot be the king of things. And this is why when they tell us to plant churches and they go to church growth things, they tell you things like, oh, you know, don't, 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 don't offend people. Don't challenge people because they won't come back to your church. And don't talk about hell. And don't do this and make sure your service is out within an hour because, you know, people can't take too much. And all those things sound like great ideas. But, but what if God wants to do something in a service like he did when Kirk was here? What if he wants us to stay after for 45 minutes? Now, I dismissed you. I said some of y'all can go. But what I was blown away with, even after I, I dismissed the service, we had about 50 people stay after a whole nother hour to get prayer. See, I like that. I hope I pray to God we never lose that. When we're a thousand members, God can come in here and wreck our world. Listen, I was with the pastor in, in Myanmar this, that I met, Pastor Glenn Harvison, and he, he had an outbreak uh, of the spirit happen at his church. It was called the uh, Greenwich out, Outpouring. It was a couple years ago. God showed up in a Sunday service, knocked him on his butt. He fell and was on the ground for the entire service under the piano. And he said, I was under the piano moaning and groaning like somebody was doing, like just somebody was beating on me. He's like, oh, just, I said, for the whole service, he said, for the whole service. 
I said, I said, what did everybody do? I said, well, luckily, he said, luckily I had a praise and worship that a praise and worship leader that understood God was doing something and they just worshiped the whole service. He said it, w- it went over on into the next day. They have three services on a Sunday. He said they didn't even know how to stop the service, so they really didn't. So people left at their leisure, and the next service came in. He said it just lasted. He said, and I got up from that thing. He said for two days I couldn't speak English. Well, pastor, what, how does that happen? I don't know. I just told you I don't know everything, and I'm okay with it. But you know what the result was of that? He said they start having services every night from that point. Every night, okay? They had over 5,000 people come through and get saved in their services. It's services seven days a week from seven to nine o'clock. God just started doing things every night, every night. How many would love to see an outpouring like that here at our church? See, we say that, but did you know that meant that there had to be children workers every night? Yeah, yeah, you want a move of God. That, yeah, sure you do. Oh, you know what that meant? I mean, the singers every night led worship. Yeah, I lost some of y'all right there. <laughs> See, that, I mean, you know, he's telling me this. That, that was the first question in my mind. I was like, that's awesome. How did you guys do? Uh, I, I, that was the first question I asked him. How did you guys take care? How did you do the uh, children's ministry? He said the workers showed up every night. They knew God was doing something, and they served in the midst of it. He goes, and you know what was the most radical thing, Pastor? I said, what? He said none of them complained about not getting to be in the service. Because y'all know how we are. Well, I don't want to be with the kids. I want to be there. He said, nobody did that. Went on for three months. Three months. That's a move of God. You know what constituted as a move of God for me? Not the miracles. The fact that children's workers were there every night working the children's ministry every night and the worship team every night. Now, I'm sure they rotated out. People took turns and things. That's the Christian thing to do. You know, you, you, you rest tonight, you, you know, this thing, and people had other things to do. But the, here's the thing. The job got done. 5,000 people got saved and healed and delivered, and things, incredible things happened there, okay? That's incredible. But didn't happen because they were doing church by the soul, Because, you know, if you do church by the soul, you go, "Uh, we better stop the pastor from groaning under the piano because we've got guests here and that's going to scare them. So let's go over and carry the pastor into the back foyer and let him groan in his office. (laughs) Come on. Does that make sense? That makes sense that we would get him out of the way not to scare people. But that does not how God did things and does things sometimes. Because, you know me, I'm not an advocate for just being weird for weirdness sake. Because, you know, you go to a lot of churches and they just be weird for weirdness sake. You know, people running around praying in tongues around and just do, doing crazy things, running into church furniture and stuff. And, you know, uh, laying hands on people they don't know. And you bring a visitor, they got a hand in the. I mean, I, I, we're not about all that. So I'm just saying, though, there has to be a balance in things where we're not led by the mind, will and emotions. We're not afraid to do some things that don't make no sense. Amen. Church growth people, we got to be careful because most of the the advice they give is aimed at having church by the soul when God wants us to have church by the spirit. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Amen. So a lot of churches, they they pay everybody that does anything in the church. I know some churches, they pay uh, children's workers, every single one of them. I know some churches, they pay every musician on the platform. And you say, well, that's an awesome thing. Yeah, but you know what's missing? Serving in the house of God. 
if we got to pay you to do what God says we should be doing anyways, that church is going to be weak. There's not going to be any power. Amen. Now, granted, I wish we could pay staff at least and different things, and we will get there at some point. But you see what I'm saying? If we do everything only by what makes sense, you will miss God. We've had, I've had to learn this in over 20 years of ministry. God has called me to do things that did not make sense. It did not make sense for my wife and I to move to California, to come back to Sacramento and plant this church. I know you've heard me say this over and over, but I got to give you examples that I'm not just preaching something that I don't live. Man, we left our dream house, guys, our dream house. All right. We left family. We left people that were so tight with us. We took our kids out of private school to come here and put them in public school, California public school at that. Okay. You know, we, we, we had two cars. We had the nice life. We had security for the rest of our lives. But our spirit kept saying, you need to go. I want to do something else. If I would have left it up to this nugget right here, I would have missed God. Because I would have said, no, it don't make sense. We just had Diego four months before we came here. Who does that? Don't make sense. We had plenty of reasons not to do what we did. But God, my, our spirit, and I say ours, hers and mine, overrid the stuff that made sense to our soul. We had to obey that. And man, I'm so glad we did six years into this thing. So glad we did. I'm so glad we've gotten to meet you and pastor great people. Our lives are so full because of you guys, the characters you guys are, man. We have some great people in this place. You, you, you guys really are. It's a pleasure to pastor you and the cool things we get to do. But it happens because we live by the Spirit. Let me keep going here. I want to finish this up today. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 2.13. Are you getting something this morning? Okay. 2.13, it says this. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Listen to this, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, listen, because they're spiritually discerned. They're spiritually discerned. So if you ain't of the Spirit, you don't get it. You don't get it. And so we've got churches that there's no supernatural outpouring, there's no miracles, there's no faith, there's nothing happening, and people are happy about it. Not me. Because I want to be of the Spirit. I want to see miracles. I want to see lives transformed. I want to see people get off of drugs. I want to see alcoholism leave their lives. I want to raise up a, a group of people that will go out in the same Spirit, in the same outpouring that is on my life, and go out and touch others' lives. I want to see marriages healed by the Spirit. Did you know there are some things in a marriage that ain't going to get healed any other way than but God? You can sit in a counselor's office for 20 years. It ain't getting fixed. It ain't getting fixed till a touch of the Spirit comes. But if you don't allow the Spirit in your life, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? We got youth groups across America trying to, trying to have pizza parties to reach young people. We ain't against pizza parties. Amen? Somebody say Amen. Pizza part is good, but it ain't going to change your kid. You know what's going to help change your kid? A touch of the spirit. 
So you got it. We've got to be open to that. And in order to be open to the spirit, the mind can't be king. Because there are some things that God will do that don't make no kind of sense. Don't make no kind of sense. And you can't be the kind of church people that are so easily offended when something happens that you don't understand. You know, we can't be like that. I told you last week, I had another pastor friend. He preaches and when he preaches, he says, lately, it's been happening. I get this gold dust on my hands. And I was, he was telling me a story. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what that does. I don't know. It doesn't have power or whatever. It just happens to him. And he was like, yeah, you know, I got to be real careful, man, because when it happens at some churches, they don't ask me back and they get upset with me. And I just thought to myself, what kind of pastor? Why would you get upset at that? Amen? Why would you get upset? Okay, you don't like it. It's not your thing. Big deal. But I ain't going to get upset about it. But you know why they get upset? It offends the soul because they don't understand it. And therefore, they get offended. You know, the Bible says this about speaking in tongues. It's a sign to the unbeliever. You know what church growth experts will tell you? Don't pray in tongues. It'll scare people. Now, to the natural mind, we would kind of see, well, yeah, you know, it does kind of scare. It would scare people, you know. But at some point, you're going to have to let God be God or live by your mind. Amen. Are you guys tracking with me? So therefore, the mind can't be king. Because it can't discern the spiritual things. Let me keep going. Proverbs 26, 12, it says this. There's more hope for a fool than one who is wise in his own eyes. That means this. You can't let your mind, the will, your emotions lead you. Okay? 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. I want to read this. It's kind of long here. It says this. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to the blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's long and it has a lot of things in there. But basically what it's saying is this knowledge is good, but you can't only have knowledge. We've got to let Christ be king. We've got to let the spirit man breathe. Everybody say breathe. We got we got to start bulking up the spirit man you know don't make me have to keep you at a low level where I can only preach to your flesh to your soul we're gonna have to take you into the spirit realm at times can I get an amen Amen. we've got a lot of churches they only deal with the carnal man they do good you know so since we're only reaching the carnal man our services will only be one hour makes sense if you're only reaching the carnal the carnal man now here's the wisdom of it all that's that's good. That's good thinking. We try to get you out of here at a good normal time. Can we get an amen on that? I don't we don't keep you long. We're not we're not having lunch on the grounds and stuff. We we realize we are reaching carnal people that are lost. So we have to do things for them. But some of you you're not them. And at some point you got to stop being carnal and come over into spiritual things. A lot of churches they only preach messages to the soul of man to help ease pain, to help, you know, you can make it. It's going to be all right. You know, and they just smile at you. 
You know, it's going to be all right. God's on your side and he is. And we believe all that kind of stuff. But at some point, we need something with some teeth on it. We need to be challenged. Amen. We need to be told like it is. Amen. We can't tiptoe around issues. We need to be able to handle things. And that brings us to the third type of Christian in the earth and what we want to build here, here, and that is spiritual Christians. You want to be spiritual Christians. I like to say it like this. These are disciples. These are disciples. Because remember when Jesus had the large crowds, he was feeding them fish dinners, and they were all coming. Thousands were there. He's the loaves and the fishes. I lost fish dinners. What was that? The loaves and the fishes. You remember that? He, he, as long as he was doing that, he had thousands. Then Jesus got up and mentioned the spiritual word. And he said, if you're going to enter the kingdom, you must eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. They freaked out and left. He preached it anyway. Do you realize that? It was a spiritual word. He preached it anyway. The whole church left. He's left with 12 guys. And you know why people left? Because it didn't make sense to their soul and it grossed their flesh out. I ain't eating that fool. People left. That's where the level they were at. But the 12 guys that stayed, listen, they were disciples. And they stayed and they said, what did you mean by that? They had enough sense to ask, what do you mean by that? I know you're not talking about us eating you. See? And they got the answer to the parable. That's the kind of believers we got to be. Amen? We're not easily offended. We're not like, oh, I'm going to leave this church. I didn't like what he was saying. I'm never going there again. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, he went a little long on Sunday. He's been going long lately. I'm never going there again. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I can't stand Pastor Tina. She got up there and she did this and blah. Who she thinks she is, I ain't never going there again. <laughs> Let me say this to you. You got to have a certain level of intelligence to be a disciple. You just do. You got to have enough intelligence to tell you, I'm not going to let that bother me when somebody offends you. You got to have enough sense to go. They weren't trying to hurt my feelings. It was an accident. Amen. But these are what disciples do. Look at Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 18. This is what you want to be. This is the kind of Christian we need to be, regardless of where so many other people are at. Okay, this is where we need to be from scripture. All right. It says this Galatians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Paul says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So you don't know to do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. If you're led by the spirit, I like to say it like this. You're not religious. Remember, religion is about keeping rules. I go to church, I pay my tithe, I do this, I do that, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. Because Jesus said, your righteousness, your works, is as filthy rags. Y'all don't want to know what the literal translation of that is, filthy rags. It doesn't mean rags that you clean your house with. I'm not trying to gross anybody out, but I feel like you need to hear this. The, the rags that you were ta was talking about were menstrual rags. Yeah, which was considered an unclean thing in that time. Did you realize in those times when a woman was on their period, they put her away, locked her in a house? Isn't that jacked up? Are you on your period? Whoa, whoa. You need to get up in that room, girl. That's how they treated it back then. 
You could not go anywhere if you were on your menstrual cycle. Horrible. Somebody say, praise God, we weren't in the Old Testament. You lose your wife for three days, guys. Poor kids, or more, or more, thank you. Or more, so I'm told. Amen. You lose your wife for a few days. Poor kids, where's mom? Don't, don't go up there. Horrible. But it was, it was talked about as something so unclean, okay? So Jesus says this. You think you're righteous because you go to church? You do stuff? He says, that's, that's, not, that's not holy. That's as unrighteous as filthy menstrual rags. See, Jesus just was like out there. So don't get mad at me. I'm trying to be like Jesus sometimes. Okay? So, so Paul says here, if you're walked by the Spirit, you don't fulfill the, you're not under the law. You're not religious. You're not religious. You don't serve out of duty. You serve out of love. You know, well, I got to get up. I got to go do it. No, you get to do it. We get to serve. I saw the ladies here Friday night working with a smile. Oh, let's put this up here. Oh, that looks so cool. Oh, that's nice. I was like, this is cool. This is good. I don't know if it was because it was beautiful things. They were all happy or whatever it was, you know. Uh, but I just thought, this is how we need to be in the house of God when we're putting up curtains, when we're putting up chairs, when we're putting up the bins and, and loading up stuff from. That's how we need to be. We need to be like that. And you can if you're by the Spirit, okay? So Paul puts it out there. Live in the Spirit, be a spiritual Christian, and you're going to see the sins of your life stop flowing through your life. See, you keep trying to quit drinking, staying carnal. That's why you're always sneaking sips. And stuff. Amen. You keep trying to stop sleeping around, staying carnal and you do good for three months. But next thing you know, you're going through that little black book, which they don't have anymore. It's a cell phone now. <laughs> Remember back when they had to write stuff down? We don't have black. But I used to go scroll, scrolling through your cell phone and you find an old freak on there. Come on. And, and you call up. Somebody needs to hear this today. That's why I'm like, and you go, dang, why do I keep doing that? It's because you're staying over here in the flesh. Paul's saying, man, get up and get in your spirit and stuff will start leaving you alone. Amen. Keep going. Galatians 5.22. Jump down to that. We talked about what, it's, uh, what the fruit of the flesh is. Look at the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. For those who are of Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. For we live in the spirit. Let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another. That means causing arguments or envying one another. This is the goal right here. This is the goal right here. And this is how you know you're really spiritual. Not like how some of us grew up. We thought the spiritual people were the weird people in church. Come on, the hermana that always had a tongue. Come on, you, some of you remember those? The sister always had a, she, you know, we got to worshiping and she got to bouncing around the church and praying in tongues. And we thought, whoa, she's spiritual. Or the dude that waited till after service and he always had a word for people. I got a prophecy for you. You know, the Lord showed me. And they always did that. And we thought, whoa, he's a spiritual person. Paul says that's not what makes you spiritual. You know what makes you spiritual? Love, joy, 
peace, long suffering. Come on, somebody. These things make you spiritual. The other things are just gifts that you have. They're just gifts you have. Never measure somebody's spirituality by their ability to prophesy, by their ability to pray for people, by their ability to pray in tongues. The way you really show, the way you really measure if someone's spiritual is by how they act. Are they kind? Are they loving? Are they long suffering? That word long suffering is interesting. It's an interesting word. It show, it, it's a word that says you can't do it unless you have God. We need long suffering in our lives. So we have more patience with our kids. Amen. We have more patience with our spouses. Amen. Some of us want our spouses to change overnight. Ain't going to happen, baby. Guess what? Long suffering is a fruit. Thank God. If I stay over here in in, in the spirit, I'm not going to give up on my spouse. Somebody needs to hear this. If I stay in my spirit, I can long suffer, even though they keep leaving their their, their socks on the floor. I'm a long suffering, baby. Even though they keep leaving the bowl out, long suffering. I'm going to be all right. I must still love them. Amen. I'm not going to not deny them marital things. Amen. Because they're not changing. Amen. Because I got long suffering. Everybody say long suffering. It's the fruit of the spirit. Do you know you need long suffering with, with people in the church? You need long-suffering with brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, even though we don't call you guys that here. You know, you need long-suffering. They're always late, long-suffering. Always got an attitude when you're asking to help with the curtains. Long-suffering. Can't bite people's heads off, amen? This is a, this is a fruit of that spirit. Let me, let me keep going so I can finish up here. So Galatians 5, uh, guys, get this scripture in your heart. This is how we know we're walking in the spirit is when we can be like this. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness, man. Do you know what faithfulness will do for your life? Some people are, have a jacked up life because they're just inconsistent. Inconsistent. They can't stick with nothing. You know, they, they, there's no consistency in their church attendance. And because they're not consistent in their church attendance, they can't help serve. If they can't help serve, they don't grow. All these things are, are only happen when you're, when you're in the spirit, okay? So the spirit uh, talks about your inner disposition, love, joy, peace, all these things, okay? Uh, the fruits of the spirits are broken up in these three areas, okay? It talks about all those things listed there. The first one is your inner disposition, love, joy, and peace. That's how you see the world. You notice anger is not in there? Hatred, it ain't in there? We talked about that in the flesh. Some of y'all just haters, you got to come into the flesh. Can't be mad at everybody. You know, anger is not in there. If you're walking around angry, you know, angry people like to say, well, I'm angry because of this. No, no, you don't get to be like that. Deal with the anger in the presence of God and then live a life where you're less angry. Can I get an amen? amen. Because it says in the spirit, our temper should be short, not long. Amen. Look at this one. Number two, disposition towards others is the next set. Long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Now, I know these are hard, guys. We all make mistakes in these areas. We all maybe uh, speak sharply to our spouses, you know, me included. We all make mistakes like this. But if we can uh, make a decision to live in the spirit, those times become less and less. Amen. 
You'll never be perfect. Amen. So it, 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 they become less and less as we choose to live in the spirit. Uh, disposition towards others. The last one uh, talks about gentleness and self-control. All those things are dispositions of your, your inward self and towards others. So we all like that stuff. And we all go, yay, I want to be a spiritual Christian. Yay, I want to be a disciple. But we still have a problem. Because for however long you, you, however old you are, say you're 25, for 25 years, you've been listening to your house, your flesh. For 25 years, you've been listening to your soul. And you've been saved now three years, and the spirit man is very little. He can't compete. So what has to happen? The Bible says we have to build up our spirit man. Let me show you this in, in, uh, in the book of Jude. Go ahead and put that up there. Jude, um, not, this was the wrong, wrong one I gave you. It's actually Jude 120. Do you have that? Jude 120, I think I sent you that earlier today. Oh, you don't have that. Okay, basically Jude 120, you can write it down. It says this, but you beloved, listen, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me read that again because some of y'all missed it. It says, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So Jude 1.20 says this, if you want to build your true self up, you need to lift some weights. And what kind of weights, how are spiritual weights lifted? By praying in the Holy Spirit, okay? This is why so many Christians are weak, because they got weak spirits. We've got big houses, a big, strong computer with a lot of data, but the thing that we're supposed to connect with God on is weak. We're trying to connect with God with them old TV antennas. How many of y'all remember those back in the day? You had a house, you put a big old antenna up on there. Everybody used to come over to my house and watch TV because we can, Mondo remembers this, we can get Channel 2 so we can watch Ultraman. And Channel 2 was a Bay Area channel. Okay, channel 44, we can watch Bob Wilkins on Creature Feature, you know, at night because we had a two story house and our antenna was on top of the two story. So we could tap in and get those Bay Area channels where the Labrados, they couldn't get that. There was on 40 and 31, you know, (laughs) so they come over our house and we watch Ultraman and Lost in Space and Creature Feature and stuff. And it would be grainy. It would be like, shh. And sometimes, you know, we'd be like, oh, we're losing the signal, whatever. But see, what would happen is our antenna was higher, bigger, and stronger. We could connect with the frequencies that are out there. It's the same way in your spirit. Some of you can't hear from God because your spirit is this big. Okay, maybe, maybe this big. But it's still small. And so Paul, as he's writing to the early church, he says, hey, y'all got to build your spirit up by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, this brings up two things. Number one, the importance of being filled with the spirit of God with evidence of praying in other tongues. And this is always an uncomfortable situation with people that live in their soul. They don't understand it. Even though the scriptures talk about it. And so doctrines have been made up and please don't be offended if, if, you know, wherever you're at, but doctrines have been made up that say, well, these gifts have passed away with the original apostles, but there's no scripture that backs that up. 
It's just not. It's a good idea. It makes sense to the mind because we don't understand what praying in tongues can do, but it doesn't, it's not backed up in scripture. What scripture does tell us is, beloved, build up your faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And what will that do? You know what would praying in the Holy Spirit would do for your life? It will cause your spirit man to grow. But that's not the only thing that causes your spirit man to grow. There are other things that cause, cause your spirit man to grow. Um, you know, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. But the problem with most Christians is their faith is like a spare tire. They only use it when they're in trouble. So it stays in the trunk of their car. It stays in their trunk of their life. And they live their life and they don't use any faith. They don't use any faith for anything until there's a, 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 a sickness in their family and someone's going to die. Then they're out, out there, hey, we need prayer on Facebook. We need prayer. Let's pray. Let's believe God now. But the problem is now that you need faith, your faith is weak. Your faith is dead. And now you need it. Now, God is such a good God that in his sovereignty, he moves anyway sometimes. But I don't want to be stuck in a situation where I need big faith and I ain't been building it up all this time. So now my son, God forbid, gets a diagnosis from the doctor. He's got this disease and I got to I got to be believing for his healing. But my faith is like that. I got to beg for other people's prayers. See, this is where most Christians live. And what I'm trying to get you guys to see is as disciples, we got to be spiritually discerning, spiritually strong. And spiritually strong people build up their faith on a regular basis. So how do we build our faith? Number one, you build your faith by using it. Amen? Come on, come on, you guys that go to the gym. How do you get bigger arms? You use them. You get a dumbbell and you work it. It's not magic. Come on. It, it ain't steroids. Come on. It shouldn't be. It's, it's simply using it, working it. And you know what? It's not, it's not this incredible time. It's not this life-changing moment. It's monotonous. It's just doing this with some weight. Nobody's there cheering you on. Usually. You got those guys in the gym yelling all the time. You ever say, ah, come on. It's like, dude, relax. You know, it's just this. And then what happens? It grows. You get growth. Did you know using your faith every week is in the offering? That's why we, we don't just throw money in a bucket here. You know, like, I take time. I want you to see it in the scriptures. I take time to share a promise every time because you can just throw it in the offering bucket and it's good and it'll go to help the church. But I'm not fundraising when I'm doing this. I'm trying to get you to see that, man, God, as I give this, I believe you're going to meet my needs. God gets pleasure in that. And it also shows faith. It's an act of you just going like this every week, putting it in the bucket, putting it in the bucket. That's faith. Do you know what else? Build your faith. Prayer every day. Builds your faith. Prayer every day. But not just prayer. Paul said praying in the spirit. 
And let me show you why praying in the spirit is so great. And I'm going to close right here because I'm going a little long. Praying in the spirit is, is so great because the Bible says this. Let me, let me read it to you here. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 14, 13, and 19. If you could come help me on, uh, on the keyboard so people can understand we're getting ready to close down. Therefore, it says this like on the screen. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Listen to that. My spirit prays. But then it says this, my understanding is unfruitful. So what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if I bless with the spirit, how he will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at the giving of thanks. Since he does not understand what you say, look at this one. For you indeed give thanks well, but as the other is not edified, I thank my God. Listen to what Paul says. I speak with tongues more than all of you. Yet in church, I'd rather speak five words with the understanding. And that goes into a lot of things I don't have time to go into right now. But I want to point out a few things here. Number one, the Apostle Paul, who is an example, uh, a, a, a father to the church, says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. That tells me it's important. That tells me I need to be doing it. But it says something here. It says, when you pray in the spirit, your spirit prays, the mind is unfruitful. The mind doesn't understand. This is why it's so hard for some of you guys to pray in the spirit. Because you're not used to not having your mind in charge. So some of you, you know, you, you pray in the spirit 30 seconds and you're ready to stop. Lord, she got And then you go into your own little prayer. Why? Because your mind is used to being king. Your mind is used to telling God stuff. Uh, God, this and this and this. And that's good. We need to do that. But what I want to challenge you is this. Pray in the spirit. Because when I walk my bedroom floor and I just pray in the Holy Ghost, there's a couple things happening there. Number one, I'm using faith. Because how do I know what I'm saying is really the prayer of God? How do I really know? I don't have physical evidence. I'm not understanding what I'm saying. You want to know how I know? Faith in the scriptures. Faith in the scriptures. It says it there. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to act on it. It is a type of me just lifting. But this is why some of you can't do it very strong or you can't do it very long because your mind is freaking out. Oh my gosh, what am I saying? Is this even working? I feel so stupid. Did I just say Scooby-Doo right there? It sounded like I said Scooby-Doo. Was that a yabba-dabba-doo? I don't want to just make stuff up because that, that sounded like that. So I don't know. And then you just go into, oh God, I just love you and I just pray. And it's like, we can't stay in that long because our mind wants to be in control. I used to be a director of an international Bible school. When we'd get students in, we would say, okay, for the next five minutes, we're only going to pray in the spirit. It would be so hard for them. They acted like they were, we just threw 50 pound backpacks on them and we're asking them to walk around the room. Oh, sheba, sheba, she, and oh. It's like, dude, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? It's just difficult. You want to know why it's difficult? Because the flesh is not in control. The mind is not in control and your spirit is itty bitty and it's struggling. Paul said, build yourself up. He said, I pray in, I pray in tongues more than everybody. So there's a couple things. Number one, have faith. Use your faith. What are you believing for? Remember, faith is not just hoping something happens. I like what Pastor Charles says. He says, faith is believing and speaking. 
Do you get up every day and believe and speak for your future? I'm going to college. I believe I'm going to school and it's going to be paid for. I believe it. That's faith. Do that every day. You will build your spirit up. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Walk your bedroom floor. Bow on your knees, Lord. Oh, wow, what's that going to do? That's going to build up your holy faith. The Bible also says it's when our mind shuts off and the Spirit of God actually gets to pray through you. If you'll ever stop being scared of it, you'll really get to feel the benefits of it. If you can ever get past the uncomfortableness of it, you'll get the fruit of it. It's just how it is. If those people would have stayed when Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, they would have gotten to see the fruit of what he was talking about. Don't be one of the ones like them that just, oh, I heard something in church today. Whoa, I don't want that. And then just, you don't even go after it. Go after the spirit of God. Seek after him a little bit. He'll reveal it to you. He'll reveal it to you. I know people that get filled in their own, in their bedrooms, just, just seeking God. God, is this real? If this is real, I want to know it. Pretty soon they just keep seeking God every day and in their own bedroom, just my old pastor, he got filled watching Christian TV one time, heard the Herod on TV. He said, God, if that's real, give it to me. Boom. God gave it to him right in his, right in his, uh, his bedroom one night. His wife walked in. She said, what are you doing? He said, come over here, put his hand on her. And she started praying in tongues too. It happens, but you got to be seeking it. You got to want it. Okay, and why do we want it, guys? We want it because we want to be Christians that possess their house. You can't ever say, as for me and my house will serve God, if you as a vessel are not sold out to serving God. And this is what we got to get. We've got to get spiritual believers because if we can be spiritual believers, we'll raise spiritual houses where divorce won't come in where dysfunction won't affect our kids, where all that kind of stuff can stay out. As for me and my house, if we could build spiritual believers that build spiritual homes, we could have a spiritual church. Are you guys seeing this? See, most people want their marriage to change, but they don't want to change. Amen? Most people want our spouse to change. Well, he better get it. He better get right. You better get right. Amen? It starts with the blueprint. And this is what I've been giving you for three weeks. And next week we're going into something else. You've got to stop letting your flesh, your mind and will run things and come over into the spirit. This week, your homework is that. Use your faith, confess and believe, uh, speak in other tongues, pray in tongues. And the third one, man, is feed yourself the word every day. Everybody in here has got a Bible app. It ain't, you got no excuse anymore. Oh, I don't have my word. Man, put your phone out, fool. Read that. And, and this was crazy. Nowadays, they give you devotionals on your phone. Well, I don't know what to read. That, could, that excuse should no longer apply to this generation. Because there are guys out there programming things into your phone to tell you what to read. Go into your phone app and look for devotionals. And there'll be a guy on there telling you, for today's word, this is what you read. Stand on your feet. Y'all get angry. No, I'm just joking. But listen, we've got to get this today. Just bow your head and close your eyes. We've got to get this because some of you have been saved too long. Been saved too long and your spirit is still weak. I know you served. I know you sang. I know you, you preached even. But you preached out of a soulish anointing rather than a spiritual. You preached to the mind of man rather than the spirit of man. 
And what we're all asking God to do is, God, let us live from the inside out. My flesh doesn't run me. My understanding doesn't limit me. But let me step over into the spirit realm where things are limitless. Where God, if I can hear your voice, if I can build up my spirit, I can spiritually discern what you're saying. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I just want to challenge you. Some of you, the voice of God in your life is very hard to hear. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because God doesn't like you. It's because simply your spiritual antenna is weak. If you'll build your faith this week, that signal. Proverbs says the spirit is the candle of the Lord. Build up your spirit, man. And you watch how you're able to discern God's voice. You watch how the Bible will come alive in your life. You watch how the Spirit of God, you'll sense Him in your house. You'll sense Him in your car. You'll feel Him. You watch how your anger will leave. You watch all these things happen when you make a choice that, God, I'm going to invest in my spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Some of you, you've been filled for a long time, but you don't pray enough in the Holy Spirit. You let your mind direct your prayer. Sometimes you got to shut your mind off and just sing in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost and build your faith up so that when you need it, it's ready. It's strong. It's not like a spare tire. This thing can just go and correct and take on anything that you need to face. And I just sense in my spirit right now, there's some of us that are just going through dire things. You're losing hope. You're losing hope in your marriage. You're losing hope in your current situation. And right now, I just pray for the gift of faith to kick in. God, I pray over each person that is here that you would add faith to their faith today. That their situation is not hopeless, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that you would help them, bless them, strengthen them. And Lord, any any person that is here that's just been ready to give up, God, I pray that you would show them that you are on their side. That what you're giving them today, Lord, is a blueprint, is a way out of where they've been. Some of you, I just sense this. It's like you've been held hostage by your house. Your flesh has just got you behind bars. It won't let you do what you want to do. It's like an old horror movie where the house comes alive and it just takes captive the, the, the people that live in it. Some of you, that, that, that's how your life has been. God wants to break that down and put you back in control. And it all starts with one thing, a decision to serve Jesus. Because Paul made it clear, you can't beat the flesh in the power of the flesh. He said, you've got to come into the spirit. And while every head's bowed and every eye is closed, I got to ask today, maybe you're here and you're not serving Jesus. This is your time. This is your moment. Maybe it's time that you, you, you know all this, you know about God, but you're not living for him. You don't go to church. and Frankly, you don't see the importance in it. Maybe it's because your computer's telling you, your, your mind tells you that, but your spirit today heard something and you go, I know this is true. And maybe it's time for you to make a decision to serve God all the way. I want to pray for you today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. Just slip up a hand. If there's anybody here that says, I want to give my life to God. I want to pray for you today. Amen. And there's another group in here. You heard me talk about the Spirit of God praying in the Holy Ghost. 
And you might say, well, I, I don't pray in the Holy Ghost. I've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what that's about, but I want to know what it's about. I want to receive that. If you're here today and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for you right here. The Bible says they received it through the laying on of hands. We'll lay hands on you and God will give it to you just like that. You'll leave here today with a, with a gift of a, 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 a prayer language. Others of you, maybe, you, you know, you're just like, I don't know if I want to go up there. That's fine, but I challenge you this week, search it out in the scriptures. Search it out in the scriptures. God will fill you in your own house if that's how you want to do it. But if you want, if you want a prayer lane, you say, Pastor, I want to pray. I want to, I want to receive that today. Just slip up a hand. I will want to pray with you today too. And you can come up here at the end. We'll be up here and we'll pray for you in that area as well. Yeah, praise God. Now, Father, I just pray over each person as they go today. I thank you for an incredible week for them. Let them be mindful of building up their spirit through the word of God, through praying in the Holy Spirit, and through using their faith. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, myself, Pastor Cheeto, will be up here for a little while. We'll pray with you for your prayer language or whatever it is. God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next week.